from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for listening to the G and Ursula Show. Ursula, it's the 10 o'clock hour. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm super excited. There sure is. So we're going to get right to it. What's new at 10? And one of our very hot topics this week mm-hmm. was this proposal in Olympia right now to lower the legal blood alcohol limit to 0.05, which you are a strong proponent of. Yes, I G. am. Mm-hmm. And the state senator who is sponsoring this bill is John Lovick, and he joins us again on the G and Ursula show. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, uh, Ursula and G. I love your show, and I'm excited to be on. But well, I'm also nervous. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna. We're, no need to be nervous, but we're gonna ask you some tough questions here. Well, let's. First of all, it is a shorter session, and uh, you brought this last session, and it didn't fly. So, what's gonna be different this time around? I think what's going to be different is that I've had. Uh, almost a year to work on the legislation. I've talked with a lot of members. We had members go to Finland and they came back with some different ideas and the mistakes I made last year by not really working members. I've done that this year and uh, we have a lot of support for it. It's on the floor calendar, ready to be pulled up and ready for a vote. So we feel very confident that we're going to get it through this year. Brother John, listen, man, I'm with you on this, okay? I agree wholeheartedly with you on this bill. I have been uh, getting emotional, talking about it off the air, on the air, all that good stuff. But last year we were talking about this. Did you come with any new evidence? Sometimes when there's a new trial, sometimes when there's a new trial, the judge and everybody, the people, need to see new evidence to support your argument. How are you going to get this through? What are you going to say about this this year that you didn't say last? You got anything new? Yeah. So I'll start by saying that last year we were talking about 720 plus people dying in 2022. Now in 2023, we had over 800 people die on our roads. Uh, 400 and about 15 of them were DUI related. People like you, like me, and other people that I know, they're getting sick and tired of drunk drivers, and it's time to hold them accountable. And one more thing, G, uh, we had uh, our our chair of the Transportation Committee, uh, Senator Leos, went to Finland, and he saw that we're one of only a few countries with the BEC level of a And uh, it's just unacceptable. So that's the evidence that I'm going to take to members. And I've had some great conversations with them so far. Okay, Senator Lovick. So it sounds like the increase in the number of deaths, which is a a compelling reason. But uh, is there any more evidence that lowering it has actually worked? And I look specifically at Utah, which is the first state to lower uh, the blood alcohol limit to 0.05, which is what you are proposing, too. And uh, there is a report in the Salt Lake Tribune that says an NTSB study suggests that uh, in the first year, in the law's first year, it did lead to fewer accidents. But more recent figures indicate the benefit may have actually been short lived. In fact, drunk driving fatalities are higher now in Utah than they were before the new law was passed. So how do you respond to that? 
Yeah, it's a great question, uh, uh, Ursula. And I have uh, read those studies. I've, I've talked with people from Utah. Yes, they experienced uh, some great successes the first year. And we hope to experience those great successes. But I think we're going to do probably a better job of absolutely talking about it, promoting it, having work sessions, and, and just going out. And I heard G say this the other day, and I felt so good when he, I was driving on the freeway. I almost drove off the road myself when he said our, what we promote now is point oh we're not going to do that. We're going to encourage people. We're going to discourage people from drinking. We're going to simply say that enough is enough. Impairment starts with the first drink. And so we're going to promote those things as much as we can in our state. And I don't know that Utah did this or if they didn't, but I know we're going to do that. And Senator, why are you so passionate about this? I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that you spent a lot of time as a trooper on the roads. Yes. Yeah, 31, 31 years, and I can still drive through areas, uh, Ursula and G. I can drive through areas now in Snohomish County where I went and investigated a fatal collision, where I arrested people, where I swerved myself uh, to avoid a, a head-on collision. And I always tell people, you know, when you're driving on a two-lane roadway, in many cases, if a drunk driver is coming toward you, sometimes you're less than t- 10 inches from death. If that car crosses the center line by 10 inches, there's a head-on collision. So I'm passionate about it because I arrested people. I have injuries myself from diving over cars, from crawling down hills embankments to try and pull uh, people out of cars. And and you have to be passionate about this when you see the absolute death and destruction that we have on our roads every day. Totally unacceptable. And I'll just say this, and I'll shut my big mouth up. DUI collisions are the only collisions that are 100% preventable. You can prevent these collisions by just simply not drinking and not driving. I tell people, drink all you want. Just don't drive a freaking car. Okay, that was a compelling one. (laughs) Okay, so I have two questions, but before I get to my, my, my question that I had for you, Something sounds different in you this year as opposed to last year. What is it, Senator? Uh, you know, it's a great question, <laughs> Gee, I, I, I should have known you were going to ask it. So I, w- I, I went around, I, I went to a few conferences, and I discovered that I was in the House for 16 years, and I knew a lot of members there. I didn't know the senators over there. And I know that it's just, it's just a different process over here. You have to speak, talk to people differently. You have to share your stories. You have to do things differently. And uh The the big thing for me is that the problems that we're dealing with is just getting worse. It's so discouraging to see, to read every single day. Now, think about it this way. 400-plus people died uh, of DUI-related collision in 2023. That's one person every single day. We are getting that message out, and just being on your show today is helping get that message out. So that's what's different with me right now. One of our listeners, uh, Senator, wants to know, how will .05 really differ from .08? Uh, What this person is saying is, how about more rigid laws when it comes to punishment for DUI? I I want to see both. I, I, I absolutely want to see both. But I think we have to start with this accountability piece. When when I talk about accountability, I think we have to start by just simply saying, uh, I I tell people, I don't even want a person to drive at a .05. I want them to not drive, you know, I think impairment starts 
uh, with the with the first drink. I, and I think we're going to do more to promote. You know, there's I didn't know Uber and all of those things. I was back in D.C. and I never touched the car, but I would touch my phone and I was in an Uber in in two minutes. The difference is going to be we're going to do a better job, and I believe we are doing it now, just being on your show of educating the public and having the public be more convinced that enough is enough. I'm tired of it. You're tired of it. The public is absolutely tired of it. We're joined here on the Nurses Show by Senator John Lovett, and we're talking about his bill to lower the DUI threshold to point zero five, uh, and make DUI drivers pay restitution, obviously, also to the dependents of drug driving crashes. Ursula's going to ask you about that next part here in a second. But before we get off of this one specific, I want to... I have my reasons, and I think that my reasons probably aren't really... Maybe they aren't credible, this, but it's a feeling in my heart. Why? What's the feeling in your heart that you believe that something like this didn't pass last year and is not a no-brainer? And why is there opposition towards this? Because I, I know that your brothers and sisters that you do this with in the legislature, I believe that they care about the DUI deaths in this state. I'm not saying that. I truly believe that they do. But why do you really feel like this is something that's kind of been a hurdle. Be honest about that. Well, you know, um, I, I always say this, uh, G, and it doesn't always sound good, but I always say that people hate change and they hate the way things are. And, and that, that's kind of people just some reason we just don't like change, but at the same time, we don't like seeing what we see out there every day. So I think I've, I've said to the, to the members of uh, my colleagues down here, uh, you know, the industry, for example, the, the, the hospitality industry is not going to suffer. I talked, checked with you, Tom. But they're going to fight it. Oh, and absolutely. And I respect that. They've been in my office. They've been very respectful of their opposition. And what I've said to them clearly is that I'm not trying to stop people from drinking. In full disclosure, I don't drink. I will admit I used to probably drink too much when I was in the military, but I don't drink. But I think where people are looking at the change and they're saying, I don't like that, but I don't like the way things are. And I think we're slowly convincing them that it's not going to impact their industry at all. They can still uh, drink, but we're just going to get the message out there, which is what we're doing today. Don't drive if you're going to drink. I, want, I would like to see the level be a point oh oh. You know, and let me just say one last thing. I always tell people this, G. Look at a person that's a 0.03, 0.04, 0.05, and ask yourself, do you want that person driving in your neighborhood with your kids playing in a cul-de-sac? And every time I say that to a person, they look at me and they shake their head. Well, I really don't. And that's the message that I'm getting out to everybody right now. Okay, one last thing, uh, just real quick, uh, Senator. You also have a, a proposal to have drunk drivers pay survivors benefits. Explain that, and and do you think that has any chance this session? It does, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't pass that either today or probably early next week. Uh, it's called Melanie's Law, and I got the idea from a senator, uh, Senator Yates from Kentucky. I was at a conference, and uh, his cousin was severely was uh, disabled by a drunk driver, and her child was left without a mom. And so they passed a law called Melanie's Law that the person who kills or injured or permanently disables a, 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 a 
someone would be responsible uh, for paying financial restitution. And it came out of the committee unanimously, and we have it on the floor for a vote. Senator John Lovick, hey, my man. We're going to cut this a little bit short by a couple minutes. We really appreciate your time. The reason why we're getting ready, there's getting ready to be an announcement on the new Seahawks head coach. But, brother, we really, we really appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do, and we will talk soon. Love your show. You guys have the best show in the world. Oh, thank you, Senator. Okay, we got some breaking news, and Heather Bosch is here. Yeah, just in, the Seahawks are expected to hire Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their new head coach. That's what league sources are telling ESPN. They are still finalizing the deal, but it appears the Seattle Seahawks have their man. At 36, McDonald becomes the NFL's youngest head coach. More on this to follow. Okay, well, I'm going to have more on this right now because we happen to have uh, a Seahawks expert right here in studio. And so your thoughts, G? The Seahawks got their guy. I think this is who the Seahawks wanted from the very beginning. He's a young coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's one of the best coordinators in the game. He was responsible for a very good defense uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. Even though they lost the last game with the Chiefs, they still held one of the best offenses to 17 points. It was the offense for the Ravens. That was the reason as to why they lost that game. I think Mike McDonald was a target that the Seahawks had all along. They stayed patient. They waited. There was one of those things where they didn't call too much. They didn't text in the middle of the night. They were respectful of the time. I think Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator for the Ravens, being the new head coach for the Seahawks, the Seahawks got the coach that they wanted. Okay, so talk to me about how this coach is going to be different from Pete Carroll. Because we have all grown to love Pete Carroll and his big personality and his gum jumping Mm -hmm. on the sidelines Mm -hmm. and just his way of mentoring. How is this guy going to be different he has a different name he's a different person right like uh if we don't let's just hey Pete Carroll, what he did for 14 seasons, that was that. This is a new regime. This is a new era. It starts today. Mike McDonald, get to know him, look him up, where he is. My first interaction with who that coach is, he was the defensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines in 2021. And I'll get a little nerdy with you guys, a little technical. At that time, they were going to fire Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh kept losing to the Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh in Michigan, they're like, hey, you're losing to Ohio State year in and year out. Things aren't that great. They played against it in 2021. Ben, excuse me, Mike McDonald was the defensive coordinator during that time. They beat the Buckeyes then, and then from there on out, they were good. He left there and went to go coach with his brother, John Harbaugh. Now, do you think... The fact that he is a defensive coordinator is key, his knowledge of defense? Yes, it's key. And the reason why it's key is because some of the two best play callers in the NFL reside in the same division as the Seahawks. Kyle Shanahan, the Niners, who were, oh, by the way, in the Super Bowl this season, and the Los Angeles Rams, who, by the way, weren't supposed to be that good this year. It was a down year. But because of how good Sean McVay is as a play caller, they were going to the playoffs. So, the Seahawks need a defense that is going to stop the two best play callers in the National Football League. Are we going to the playoffs next year? 
Or too soon. <laughs> too soon? I mean. And does Gino still have a job? I mean, I come well on now. You know. Hey, hey, hey. When the new stepdaddy moves in the house, you don't ask him, are we going to Disneyland tomorrow? Let him get settled. Let him know where the pantry is, where the closet is for the extra washcloths and towels, where the soap is. We got to get the new... Daddy in comfortable. So. Okay, our listener, Kai, says, we just went from the oldest coach in the league to the youngest or one of the youngest. I mean, we're not doing age, right? Age doesn't <laughs> well, matter, right? Does it? Does age always matter? You guys get excited no, about age? Not to me. I mean, because I'm going to tell you right now, Ursula, you can still do it with the best of them, girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you, I feel better you already. Think, you think I need a 25-year-old <laughs> to come in here and do that can't do what you do? <laughs> Anyways, hey, good news. Thank you, Heather. Appreciate you coming in right with that. Mike McDonald. Look him up, y'all. He's a handsome man, too. Strikingly. Looks like a stellar fella. (laughs) Second time you've used the word stellar. 36 years old. Again, the Seahawks got their guy. New head coach for the Seattle Seahawks, Mike McDonald. It starts now. Tomorrow's the first of the month. Rent is due. It has to get paid. January 30th, 2024. Seahawks name, a new head coach. His name, Mike McDonald. Coming up next on the G and Ursula show, people filming themselves getting fired. We'll do that next, G and Ursula. and Ursula show. Nothing for nothing here, but uh, this is a song that I can play on the organ. <laughs> can you? You can do this. You can sing with Earth, Wind, and Fire. You can do it all, all Remember, I told you I used to also have a huge crush on... Does this on take you back time. to the club days again? Uh, what was it called? Correct. Sarsaparillas? <laughs> no. Polyesters. Polyesters. <laughs> Polyesters. <laughs> you, had, you, you need to be a longtime Seattle resident to now, understand now, that one. Now, Ursula, I, I would assume that you weren't one of the con- those folks that would be irresponsible to go out to the club and then go right from the club to work. You would never do something like that, would you? <laughs> You're such a brat. <laughs> you remember, I started here when I was 23 years old, oh. and I worked the 2 a.m. shift on Saturday and Sunday morning. That meant Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> Straight from polyester. There we go. Okay, anyway. That's not what we're going to talk about. Would you film yourself getting fired? You know, a lot of this 2024 is proving to be pink slip year for a lot of people. So there is this trend. And I'm curious if it's something that you could ever imagine yourself doing. Okay. So listen to this. Mm. I'm waiting for them to log into the meeting room. I'm pretty sure I'm getting laid off today. There are three other people that are supposed to be on the call with me and the CMO. Yeah, it is the latest trend of video to go viral. Young workers are documenting the heart-wrenching experience of getting axed. Uh, This uh, is Joni Bonamart of Utah, and she filmed herself losing her job, and then she put the video up on TikTok. I actually spent some time watching this because I was marveling at her composure. Uh, Your last day with the organization. Due to the impact that this ruling has had on the business, um, uh, it's a it's a it's a big impact, and at this time, 
we are unable to offer severance to any of the people impacted in this. Okay. Um, so first of all, question. Could oh. you ever imagine yourself filming, filming myself. that and then sharing that experience? No. No. I, I, I just... Um, that's a very serious situation. That's why anytime that you and I talk about layoffs, I never just talk about it. I always talk about it as if that is a family member of mine or a loved one. And I just know how hard things can be when you're having to worry about what's going to be your next job. I see that it's a trend like everything else becomes a trend on social media. This is just one of those things where I'll admit I'm, I'm a little old. I'm old. And I'm going to get off my lawn when it comes to this. You're not old. I just don't understand this, Ursula. I don't understand. There's nothing funny about it. I don't think you should. Even if you wanted to get fired, I don't think you should just show this part of it. I, I don't know. The, the one thing that is illustrative of it, about it, is that, you know, if you've never had that experience, you see what it's like. And, and what they're showing is how heartless uh, many companies, uh, you know, the 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 way that it's being done now, in, in one case, I was watching a woman, a young woman uh, getting fired or getting laid off, That, as they said, after three and a half months on the job. And she said, my performance reviews have been great. Uh, she said, why is it that I'm talking to you? Why am I not talking to my manager? It was some human resources person mm-hmm. and someone else that she'd never met. And they were just very clean. They, she was asking, you know, what is it? I, you know, I got great performance reviews. I did this. I did that. Uh, I exceeded this, you know, the expectations that were given to me. What specifically am I getting fired for? Mm-hmm. Uh, because she says, I don't agree because they said, well, you know, you're not performing up to our metrics. And so she said on their well, I don't agree with that because that's not what has been told to me in in my previous meetings with my immediate boss. Mm-hmm. So she basically was saying to the anonymous or the, the human resources person that she never met, oh, I would appreciate if you would actually tell me what it is or just tell the truth and just say, you know what? We hired too many people right. and we now need to lay off 5,000 and sorry, you're one of them. Right. Have you ever? I've never... I've never been fired before. I've never. I mean, y'all know y'all know the story. This is my first job, so I've never been. But I'll tell you, you been, that, well, uh, no, I have not. It's your first job in a corporate setting, but I mean, you've had other things where you are I your was, own employee. Oh yeah, I was cleaning cars, right? Um, uh, no, whenever I, I think about this place, yeah. When I think about this job, I think about it just like this. I'm, I'm just being very transparent. I know you're smiling. You're probably scared of what I'm going to say. I am. I, no, that's, that's fair. That's fine. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I think about. One of two things is going to happen to me here at this job. It's, it's just, it's no brainer. I'm either going to get let go or I'm going to walk out of here on my own. Those are my two choices. That's just this business that we are in. It's this business right here. There's a good chance in this business, if you do what we do for a living, there's a good thing that one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get let go or you're going to walk out on your own. Most of the time, like the NFL, like I've seen there, most of the time, people are let go rather than going out on their own. Yeah, our industry is just notorious for being brutal about it. Uh, you can be here today, gone tomorrow. And quite frankly, your choices are my choices. Th- you know, 35 years later, I don't I don't kid myself and say one day 
my key card might not work. That very well. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? That very well could happen. Or you had a little lady come down here yeah. with the uh, manila, manila envelope. Or no, what you, what you don't want is to be called in, to an office and you see the back of Joe the, Pesci, uh, Goodfellas. No, the human resources director is there with your manager and they look really serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like hopefully you have a box available. Have you uh, ever tried to log into your email and it doesn't work? And for a split second, you think, oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. happened to me three times here. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that hasn't happened. But I have been on the end of having to lay people off. And I've shared that with you guys. And that was the reason why I said I can't do management anymore. It, it honestly gave me such heartache. Mm. It was – I didn't like that responsibility of – having such an impact on someone's life that it could yeah. it, it was potentially life altering yeah. you know which not to be dramatic but there are some people who just don't recover well from being no fired. question nate in seattle says aren't those two options about the only two ways anyone's job no, ends the other one is i could retire right well yeah. here's what's different here the ursula's the dave ross of the world that's not usual in our industry 30 plus sure. years in the game. I might be a, one of a handful. What are you? Of women. Are you 35? 36? How many I'm years? I'm going on 36. 30? You're going and, on 36. But going on 46. 46. <laughs> That's just, I mean, you don't, that doesn't happen, right? So, it doesn't. do I think I'm going to make it 40 years in this? <laughs> Heck no. I'm barely on my last leg now. <laughs> Mathematically, it would be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I started here when I was 23. All right. There you go. See, but anyway, in any case, you know what? Here, here's the other thing, though. What's that? I'd be curious if you feel comfortable. I brought this up, and then, Chef, you said people actually got jobs after they filmed themselves getting fired. Yeah. Yeah, there have been a so number of these folks them. that have, re- especially those in marketing positions, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in marketing and you go viral online, all of a sudden you're a hot commodity. It's a good turnaround. All I know is this. This is why, Nick, you and your brothers and sisters and Gen Z, this is why I'm always showing y'all love. Mm -hmm. Because I know y'all are the next bosses of tomorrow. And I always want a job. I want to be the old guy that y'all hired. What does he do around here? He just tells funny stories. You blink your eyes, we're going to be in charge. (laughs) (laughs) He just tells funny stories. I'll just be nice to you, Nick. I don't expect (laughs) to be hired later. (laughs) Oh, Benefit of the doubt. Oh, Nick, this is conditional, bro. This is conditional. Yeah, yeah. At least I'm I'm not lying to you. (laughs) Coming up next. (laughs) Coming up next in scenarios. Okay, seriously, this is a topic. I don't want anybody on our show to think that this is directed. He's short. I'm tall. So what? Next. Gina Show. Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. It is the G and Ursula show. Just talking to Ursula, Ursula. I'm like, yeah, you're going to catch up to Dave Ross. I'm telling you right now, Ursula's going on year 36. Ursula, year 46. Mm. It's, like, <laughs> it's like a good old thing. Uh, Cabernet there are a few wine. things I can say with lots of confidence. Yeah. I'm 
positive I will never catch up to Dave Ross. You don't got 10 more years in you? <laughs> yes, you do. All right. Well, with topics like this one coming up, you definitely have 10 more years. Scenarios. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's, so what's, so what's the scenario? I'm tall. We're talking tall like a runway model. Not that I'm a runway model, but I am 6'1". Now, my husband is more of a, you know, Danny DeVito side. He stands around 5'3". Yeah, he's nearly a foot shorter than me. To me, it's funny. I laugh about it, and people love the odd couple. People watch us everywhere, along with the occasional snide comments or jokes. At first, we both laughed about it. I still do. He no longer shrugs it off. Now he's trying to create distance between us when we're out, like he's embarrassed to be seen with me. So I asked him about it, and he told me I couldn't understand what it's like to be short. Come on. Now, I'm frequently tall for a woman. I get that. Just like he's a little short for a guy. It's the same thing. And he suddenly has a complex about his height. Then I should have a complex about my height because I'm really tall. Well, there's a situation. I heard of a medical procedure that could give him a couple of extra inches. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm talking about his height, Ursula. How tall he could be. He's still going to be smaller, but it would get him up to maybe 5'5". Five, five. And maybe he'd feel better about himself, a little bit more confident. He did not take it well. He said, I wouldn't wear heels if I cared about his feelings. Now, that's where I draw the line. I don't want to add that part. Well, it says, my booty looks great when I'm dolled up and hidden heels. It makes me look better from behind. I told him if he isn't willing to consider a solution, then he needs to stop being so insecure about this topic. We need to get back to laughing about it. There are just as many jokes about me being a giant as is about him being short. He needs to figure this out because I'm not putting up with the lifetime of this crap. Now, I'm right about this, aren't I? 888-973-5476 is a Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Ursula, you up to bat first. Okay, a couple of things. One, I actually know a couple that almost fits this exact description. Okay. However, the wife never suggested that uh, he get an operation that might add a few inches. A few inches, and I knew all along that you were talking about his height, a few inches is not going to make up the difference, which is over a f- foot difference. Right. Why even do that? That's that's ridiculous. First of all, just own your uniqueness as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone comes in different shapes and sizes, and your wife found you attractive and, and uh, vice versa, uh, not because of your height, but because of who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is even... Okay, I'm going to say this. And a lot of times it's Chef that makes the joke about himself. But you often joke about yourself being short. Uh-huh. But I think there's some, you know, for a lot of people, there is hurt. You know, I, I don't get why people think it's okay to make jokes about someone who is short, someone who is bald, someone who is fat. You know, whatever it is, it's like, it can be very hurtful. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, try, to, I try to limit those. Uh, because I think after a while, it probably does get kind of draining. Chef? <laughs> this is too close to home. I can't comment on this one. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, my wife, I mean, my wife is taller than me, a couple inches, not like significantly. So, 
Yeah, you know, like when when she puts on the heels and we go out, it's definitely noticeable that she's much taller than me at that point, and it doesn't doesn't bother me at all. Uh, you got some real problems, though. Like if you are suggesting surgery yes. as a solution for your husband, either you're cruel and insensitive, or he is uh, he is so insecure that your solution is just a response to his insecurity. Um, as for like, hey, I'm tall, so it's the same thing as being short. No, there's a big difference between like taking a crack at someone who's tall versus someone who's short. There's a reason it's called punching down, right? When you mention someone who's tall or you mention their height in kind of an off-color way, the assumption is like, oh, you're taller than me. You could probably whoop my butt. There's an assumption that the person is bigger than you. They're more powerful than you. When someone is shorter than you and you take a crack at them, the assumption is like, what you going to do about it, buddy? Mm. Right? And... I, I don't know. So I, I think that in society, though, it is relatively normal to be able to take cracks at people who are short and men who are bald. And that is one of the few acceptable physical attributes mm. that you can mock. Yeah. Like bald guys get this all, all the time. The time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. As for this couple, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them staying together, honestly. Well, I'll say this. You can't be short and insecure. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Ursula. You can. <laughs> it often happens. It, 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 well, you 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 need to you gotta you gotta you gotta change that because I I have known um, I have known and worked with someone that man I don't even think about that. You know what I mean? Like no, being for real. Like look, there's some bad dudes out there. They like that are short or there's some insecure dudes that are tall like oh my goodness i can't believe i'm six seven and people always look at me like people are gonna look at you for some reason or another it's gonna happen yeah no but doubt the, but the place you need to have support is your partner she had he was supporting right go ahead nick real quick well yeah that's right. as someone who doesn't have the largest stature either this happens to the best of my shouties and it's called little man syndrome when you start to get randomly moody at the time which can be underlyingly going back to desires of becoming i don't know the next shaquille o'neal or larry bird this to me is going too far asking for surgery or enhancement stop the bill there and realize that mental toughness and a bond between two people who truly love each other is stronger than being some macho taco he was feel for how she likes the situation, which she is prying with, and as long as she's happy, everything should be okay. All right. There you go. Good stuff. Good topic right there. The 11 o'clock hour is coming up next, and Ursula, we got a lot of good stuff in 11 o'clock hour. You guys better not leave. We're going to be doing Agree to Disagree, and guess what? Best Cafe. You know that good place with the good old omelet? They're doing something new. Find out next. She and Ursula. Rah, rah, Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine It was